Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oh, it's a goal. Who got the assist? Who got the assist? FPL life, FPL pressure. The FPL world is starting to get you. FPL is alive. FPL is expanding. Being an FPL can be demanding. And so it proved with Fancy Premier League 2019-20 opening in June for we think the first time ever. Uh, caught us all on the hop. Uh, it's also so damn hot today. We're recording it in 33 degree heat in London, I think, and whatever it is. Nessie, it's probably about 30s as well. Uh, so my windows are open. I think Nick's are as well. So I apologise for any background interference. Uh, uh, so yeah, uh, Nick, how are you? You all right, mate? Yeah, not bad, thanks. So the site is live. It means that us content creators have to get off our collective rear ends and review and start tinkering much earlier than we initially expected to. But it's all good fun. Just promises of time spent with the family quickly rescinded as preparations for another podcast quickly begin. So firstly, say hello to any new listeners. Uh, for those that don't know us, we did an in-depth get-to-know-you pod a few weeks ago, but we are Who Got The Assist? You can find us on Twitter at WGTA underscore FPL, and our website is whogottheassist.com. You can use Spotify or SoundCloud, iTunes, whatever you'd like to listen and subscribe, and if you do enjoy the pod, please do give us a review. So yeah, as mentioned, Tom, uh, this week's not going to be the, the full bells and whistles team reviews, A to L, then M to W podcast that we're going to be doing in due course, but uh, it's still a little bit of um, time before the season actually starts, a whole six weeks, and uh, many sides like Chelsea aren't really fully set up, you know, missing the likes of Pulisic, as well as some of the loanees like Mountain Abraham that might be involved in the squad, so, and they haven't even got their manager situation sorted out yet. So instead, today's pod's going to be a shorter one, just our initial reactions to the price list. Yeah, indeed. Uh, obviously, we haven't had too long uh, with the information at hand, but we'll have a good first stab, I think. And the main key topic today uh, is obviously our initial reactions to the uh, to the pricing and the price list. And uh, I did ask Twitter about this, and uh, in answer to the question, in advance of tomorrow's uh, pod and price reactions, what's your view on the FPL price list? Uh, 40% said neutral, let's move on. So a lot of people just accepted, you know, how it is. Uh, 24% said it was a good job. 18% said it was a bad job, and 18% said, I just want to push buttons. Over 700 people responded to the poll. A decent proportion of them as well said that uh, FPL done a good job. So, uh, Nick, let's, uh, let's see what your uh, view is. 
So first things first, I was just excited to see the numbers. I was excited to push buttons. That's probably what I would have voted in the poll if I'd uh, if I'd have voted. But yeah, I mean, the first thing I, I kind of noticed was there seems to be a bit of a convergence in the prices. The the very low prices price players have gone up. The uh, higher price players seems to have dropped. There seems to be a bit of a convergence. Um, towards that sort of seven million bucket, and actually, it just meant that the ghost ship team that FPL set you up and just you could just look at it for two minutes, and uh, and it looks pretty good actually. And I reckon it probably held two most of our teams. I mean, you could have Loris in goal, Aspi, Mendy, Walker in defence, Zaha, Pedro, Madison, Millie, or even Sanchez in midfield, Rashford, Jimenez, and Wilson up front, and you could set set and forget for the rest of the season, and you probably outscore most of us. But um, I don't know. I, I, I feel like there's a few negative effects as well to this convergence. Like, I don't know if you'd agree, but like the, the up, upping in price of some of the goalkeepers and some of those midfielder cheaper assets that we'd have liked to have seen at 5.5, you know, the likes of Brooks perhaps, feels like that our teams are just going to end up very balanced with only two premium assets maybe and the rest of it just all sitting at six and seven million within the team. And uh, I feel like there might be a little bit of convergence in our team straight away because of that. Yeah, definitely. Like the floor had gotten a lot higher, if that makes sense. Like um, uh, I did basically probably what a lot of people did and put a lot of their key targets into like the very very first draft I did. Well, actually, no, the first draft I did, I said auto complete because I wanted the lowest ID possible. Um, but uh, when I actually did the proper uh, proper draft. Um, Put the players I wanted in, and then I was like, right, okay, I need to find these cheap options in you know, midfield, up front. Obviously, the 4.5 strikers aren't going to be very good, but in defence and uh, maybe in goal as well. And the shortage of options was really astounding um, around those sorts of, that sort of bracket at the moment. I and mean, obviously, there's a few things unfinished. Um, but yeah, I think you're right, Nick. Like, there's definitely a coming together, uh, a flattening of the FPL uh, pricing hierarchy. It definitely feels like uh, we, we are being pushed towards perhaps, yeah, limiting ourselves to those couple of premiums, whereas before maybe you'd be able to get um, a little bit of uh, flex in there um, and having a, a fairly more balanced team, whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, I, I guess we'll talk about a bit more. Yeah, for certain. I mean, Maintenon, Don Le Voyage, Don Le Supermarché of FPL players. If, uh, what position should we start in then? Uh, should, we look, should we look at the goalkeepers first then, Tom? Um, I mean, when I, when I looked at the keepers, I was a bit surprised, to be honest, uh, in the, the lack of cheap options. Everyone likes a cheap goalkeeper you can throw in straight away. But 4.5 million stalwart Ben Foster is no more. He's going to cost you an extra 0.5 million, as is save point hero from last year, Fabianski. And also my initial pick, Rui Patricio. And then when I looked at the 4.5, it was like, you want to go with a set and forget. That's, that's always been my policy, but I think I'm going to have to change it this year. I mean, looking at 4.5, so Matt Ryan from Brighton, one of the Southampton goalkeepers, of which they're free, vying for a place. One of the Burnley goalkeepers, of which they're free, vying for a place. One of the Bournemouth goalkeepers, of which they're free, vying for a place. Or one of the promoted free teams, one of which doesn't even have a goalkeeper yet. So uh, it's kind of a bit, it's a bit rubbish, really, in that regard. And I think you're just, you're probably going to go for like maybe a Liverpool or Manchester City premium goalkeeper now, just because of the, uh, you're not going to spend five million, are you, on the likes of Foster? It's just... And the 4.5 million goalkeepers, they're just not going to keep too many clean sheets, I think. And that's, that's, that's the problem. We're getting squeezed in this goalkeeper p- position. And I feel like this is going to have ramifications on the rest of our team, for sure. 
Certainly. I think the only one that I do quite like is Pope at um, Burnley. So it seems like uh, Heaton hasn't renewed his contracts in this final year. Pope signed a new contract and Joe Hart shouldn't be allowed onto a Premier League football pitch. Uh, so that means that perhaps Pope at 4.5 is your best option there. But you're absolutely right. Like, there's not that much flexibility in the goalkeeper option these days, um, which does mean that you know every when you used to be able to pry an extra 0.5 from going for a, from a 5.0 keeper to a 4.5. You're probably not going to be able to do that anymore. What this might mean, though, is if there is a player like Pope who is starting for a team and looks pretty good, and a lot of people can be jumping on them in the early wildcards, and we may end up with you know, one of the 4.5 keepers if they are outperforming their, uh, their price point and providing amazing value, uh, be the dual pick for everybody, um, which could be quite interesting, actually. Imagine if we all got Nick Pope, so we're all just kind of watching him. Imagine the, the raising his profile of all the Apple community are, are right behind him. Um, but yeah, no, I agree you're right, and I think that... Um, I can see the case for having Edison certainly, Allison probably not, uh, because you probably want them to four defenders and the Liverpool mm. uh, midfielders. But yeah, Edison certainly, and Kepper as well, 5.5 for my I was surprised that he actually avoided the six. Yeah, definitely. And I think um, Lloris as well, perhaps, is an interesting option for Spurs. Um, one thing I noticed um, with Spurs uh, was that they don't have a single six million defender this year. They've all dropped in price. They're all 5.5. And, and in the defensive bracket as well, where we've been squeezed quite heavily, likes of Pereira now costing us six million, likes of Doherty now costing six million, and, and the Wolves defence as well, which I know you're, you're, you're pretty... Uh, irked about uh, in regards to their prices and I thought Doherty actually was my 4.4 million hero when I bought him last year and now and now there's not a single Spurs defender that even matches him in price and that's that's um, that's Spurs are a team that managed 13 clean sheets last year which was actually their lowest in five years uh, compared to Wolves eight so it seems a bit of an odd one really that that particular pricing I thought. I think that was the the one area that I was perhaps a little bit confused about like Johnny has less business than Arsenal Spurs half and half scarf shop being 5.5 million, like the same, the same price as a Spurs defender, given that disparity. Like 103 points, a 1.0 bump. Like uh, Bolly outscored him actually, and he's still only 5.0. Uh, I just don't understand that one. I'm feeling like a Neon Watch coming on. The WGTA boys looked at Johnny or something like that. <laughs> Here's <And> Johnny. <laughs> I've just got no, no idea why they've decided to put him up to 5.5. I don't know what about him made them do that. And um, similarly, Bennett and Cody at 5.0 sticking with Wolves. Like, they've got zero business being at that price. I still understand that. Like, in some places, it just feels like the algorithm, the formula's been dragged a bit too far on the Excel sheet. Like, Lallana's in pyjamas and I had similar thoughts. Like, the cells, uh, he scored 95 and he got 4.5 million. Right, that's, that's good. Um, the likes of Cody, as mentioned, Tarkovsky, Shah, Holobas, uh, Evans, and uh, Steve Cook, Vestergaard, uh, Bertrand, all scored much less than him, and they all got a 5.0. In many cases, that's 0.5 rise. And, uh, you know, Carl Walker-Peters, 28 points, 1.1 million rise. Like, some of these kind of decisions were a bit strange. And if you look at it, like, Ricardo Pereira being just 0.5 million cheaper than Virgil van Dijk. Like some of the some of the risers don't understand at all, and we're left in the four point five defender bracket with maybe you know, likes of you know, Lewis Dunk, the likes of a Charlie Taylor, and um, so yeah, it's a really interesting one. It feels like they've really reacted to the big at the back, and we'll talk about Liverpool guys in a second. I think that's actually a good example of pricing, um, but it looks like they've they've taken the big at the back and just gone um, right. We're just going to raise the raise the price altogether uh, in the defensive quadrant. 
yeah, it, it did seem a bit strange to me personally. I mean, I looked at it and I thought, oh, there are a few bargains in there for sure. Like Lascelles at 4.5, I thought, great. He, he's a brilliant pick potentially at that price. You know, there's a few others out there. Um, but there's, there's not many, is it? I mean, the, I expected one of the Norwich defenders to be 5.0 million, but it looks like they've all got that 4.5 million bracket uh, pricing. And I know Mac, Max Aarons, who we've got prospects and the prospects on, he, he was 4.5. I was, I was thinking he might be 5, so he could be a potential bargain. But yeah, no one really at that 4.5 million. We've been squeezed quite heavily, like Shane Duffy being 5 million, you know, Holobaz, who you mentioned. And uh yeah, Connor Cody, who um, who I think I read some stat, I'll probably get it wrong, that he had lower expected goal involvement at XGI than seven of the 20 goalkeepers last season, which just shows his yeah. lack of attacking potential. He took no shots throughout the whole season, which is, I think, a new re- a record um, in FFS stats, which is absolutely mental in terms of the minutes played, because he played every minute. Um, I do quite like a few parts of it, though. Um, I like the fact that Laporte has been given 6.5. I think that's a that was definitely worth it. Um, but I uh, like Dean being 6.0, I think that makes in question with him. Um, but Robertson, Van Dijk and Alexander-Arnold being 7.0 to 6, uh, 7.0 for the wing-back, 6.5 for centre-back. I think that's quite good. Uh, Robertson at 7.0, I think they could have gone up 7.5 there. I felt like a bit of a missed opportunity to make that a choice. Um, but yeah, overall, I, I, I'm quite happy with that. And the 0.5 million, I think, for Van Dijk is well done um, because it, it definitely will lure a lot of people into not having both of the fullbacks uh, just to get that 0.5 elsewhere in their teams. Yeah, I mean, I was a bit surprised that Virgil was only 6.5, to be honest. Like, he scored over 200 points, you know. That's, that's more than any of the forwards last season. He's 208 points. It's more than any of the forwards last season. That's, and he only got the 6.5 million price tag. I mean, that, that's ridiculous value when you when you compare it. I mean... So that's probably um, that's probably something I'm going to look at next season, just to double up in the Liverpool defence. And I think a lot of people are probably going to do a similar strategy that you look at the Liverpool defender prices and think actually they're they're really good value yet again, even with the price hike of about a million per defender, they're still an absolute bargain, and you have to strongly considering uh, doubling up on that defence next year. On one hand, everybody in the community. Um, is very keen on double Liverpool defence, and that is why I thought the 7.5 for Robertson could have been a question mark and may have meant people go for VVD. Um, what was interesting and heartening for us, um, in, who, are doubled up, who are looking to double up against Norwich on day one, uh, was the comments on FPL when they revealed the Robertson price, because a lot of people were like, oh, wow, that's, that's too expensive for a defender. And it seems like, to some extent, like, that hasn't quite permeated. But if you're into it, um, I think that you can get a lot of, uh, a lot of value out of uh, going through that double defence early. Yeah, 100%. I mean, if people think that's too pricey, that's all the better for me because I certainly don't think it's too pricey and I'm going to be looking at these guys. But I don't want everyone to own them because then there's uh, less competition. So, you know, at 7 million, I think he, he looks like a must-own or, or if not Robertson, then some form of Van Dyke or um, TAA or even looking at like um, whoever sort of nailed on between Gomez and Matip if you want a really cheap way into that Liverpool defence at 5.5 million. 
Certainly. And it looks like we've got the birth of a new acronym at the back, even though we're fairly early on. So move over, Ram. It's time for Lars. It's Laporte, Alexander-Arnold, Robertson and Dean, uh, which looks like a lot of people have got um, that foursome, including myself at the moment. Um, you know, if Maguire goes to Man City for 5.5, that could be Mars. Like, I think one of the perils of opening up this early is that you may end up with, a, with Maguire as a Man City asset at 5.5, whereas if they stopped um, and waited for the launch, he may have gone up to 6, 6.5 if he'd gone to City. So that might be a bargain to watch out for. Um, but yeah, it's looking like big at the back has been uh, definitely adopted in the FPL community to some extent now. Yeah, I mean, at the moment, I've actually got a bit of a drear defence, whatever that means, because I've actually, um, I've got Edison in goal, but I've also currently got Matt Ritchie in my team, which uh, I thought might entertain some people. People looked at him and thought, 5.5 million, Newcastle, their estate. Uh, why would you want to have this guy in your team, especially with the, uh, you know, mixed fixtures that they got at the start of the season? They play Arsenal, Spurs and Liverpool in their first uh, five. But I did actually look at Richie and um, I kind of did the maths if he was a defender last year and he would have got 141 points, which is only three less than Doherty, five less than Pereira and one more than PVA. And uh, also, Tom, I, I know you owned him as a £6 million midfielder, didn't you, a couple of seasons back at the start of the season? Yes. And, uh, and you gave him a four rating in your prospecting prospects in terms of uh, FBO talent. You said, yes. I think it's at £6 million <laughs> midfielder, on set pieces and perhaps retaining penalties with an OK run, he's a player that's quite happy to have a fourth or even a fifth midfielder or a third midfielder. The drip feed of points from set pieces plus the ability to score from open play make me think he's a good punt. And he did actually score 12 goals and seven assists, get seven assists in that um, championship season. And the fantasy football scout have him listed still on the set pieces and penalties. They much could change with a new manager. I still think he he looks like a a really good bargain uh, for those that are fancying the big at the back strategy. Oh, man. Uh, Yeah, I remember. I think that that was one of the things that made me a bit more cautious about the uh, prospects and the prospect uh, ratings, just because I think we had Dwight Gale as well, didn't we? At like three and a half stars. (laughs) (laughs) Super super performing Dwight Gale. Yeah, I think we all got a bit optimistic. I know you've taken the mick out of me before for, you know, being a big fan of Vincente Obero when he made his move to uh, Leicester as well. Boring. Um, Knockart, you loved him as well, didn't you? They did did, uh, give... Pascal Gross a really bad rating though, didn't you? So yeah. Not get everything right. Oh, I've got her feelings about that one. Um, but yeah, no, certainly. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. But yeah, but no, I, think, I think the goalkeepers and the defence, we are definitely looking at spending, what, probably like a million more than we were last season, all in all. Um, which definitely creates some challenges. So, like, you know, moving forward to the midfield, um, Andy, let's talk FPL, put this very well, actually. He said that from initial tinkering, it looks really difficult to make a 3 4 3 or a 3 5 2 with two Liverpool defenders, one Zist defender, and Salah and Sterling or, you know, uh, or uh, uh, Coniguero. Uh, as soon as it's intentional, difficult choices have to be made. And broadly, I think people quite like it. I think broadly, that was kind of what was reflected in the poll results. Salah. Uh, 12.5 million midfielder not being a forward um, was, was an interesting decision. Um, I would have probably liked to make him a forward, really, um, because at the moment, it, for me, he was the automatic pick over Sadio Mane. He's one million cheaper, but isn't on penalties, uh, assuming Mills not on the pitch. And also, in terms of the expected stats, was really overperforming the end of last year, whereas Mo is an absolute machine and um, matches basically his expected output. Um, so 22 goals every season is what you can expect. And that's a captain. That's just an auto-captain, isn't it? Um, yeah, a few people, for example, Bernardo, Maldonado said, you know, he felt this way all along with, uh, with Salah. But because Hazard had left the game, 
uh, Pogba may leave the game and Eriksen may you leave the game that they had to keep Mo as a midfielder. Yeah, he's going to be in my team, it looks like. I think I said to you before um, the site opened that if Salah had been reclassified as a forward, I probably would go for Mane. But I think with Salah getting that 0.5 million price drop, I owned him last season at 13 million. I'll be owning him again at 12.5 million. You know, Mane obviously ended up being the better value pick last season, but um, it's, it's less cut and dry again this season, thanks to Mane's price hike, Salah's price drop. It's only £1 million difference between them. Salah did outscore Mane by only 28 points last season. But when you look at the season before, that's the season that Salah broke 300. And, you know, he could easily do that again if he's on fire yet again. And I think for game week one, I'm going to want Salah and I'm going to captain him against Norwich. Yeah, I think the, the vast, vast majority of people are going to do that. Um, and I think that, again, I think that was a, I think if he was a forward, it would have made a bit of a question for people. And people may be considering a Mane instead uh, in midfield. Um especially if they had to choose between, you know, have Mane as the midfielder and uh, Kunigura as the striker or something like that. But, you know, there you go. I think 12.5 million, most people are going to own him. I suppose that he did get the drop because I'm, I'm sure people are still going to be you know, shooing him in. And it's going to give us back a little bit of flexibility from the uh, defensive hike, but I guess not that much. Um, I guess it's interesting as well with that pricing because on the other side of it, if we're assuming you're going to be captaining Salah for a while, if there's going to be some relief, it will be from a Man City player. And uh, to link midfield and, and strikers here, Sterling um, and uh, Kuniguero are both given the 12. Which I was quite surprised by because I thought they were going to give uh, Mane the same price as uh, Sterling, but no, Sterling's got 0.5 more. And it, it does come down to a binary choice, I think, between the two of them. Um, also for people in their squads this season. Yeah, definitely. And I, I did also look at um, sort of Kevin De Bruyne and hopefully he's fit because I was thinking if you're, if you're struggling for cash and you're feeling a bit strapped, then you can, you can take the punt on KDB, um, who's only going to be 9.5. So you can save about 2.5 million on owning either Sterling or Guerrero. The, at the moment, whilst KDB's in my draft at the moment, I think thinking I'm going to have to go with either Sterling or Guerrero. feels like too much of a risk, especially in game week one. Um, where everyone's going to own either one of them to, to not own Sterling or Kuhn. So I think there will be some changes. I think one of them is must own. But again, with, with Liverpool, I, like you can't really afford to own both Mane and Salah and, and City player. You can't really afford both Sterling and Aguero, can you? So yeah, you have to kind of make some quite tight choices. And, it, and it's very um, restrictive this year, especially with the sort of, there doesn't seem to be too many um, real premium assets. Like you said, Hazard leaving that um, has made all our teams converge a little bit. And I think, uh, you know, if you don't own one of Sterling or, or Guerra, you can really get punished by the high ownership. Yeah, certainly. I think that, you know, I've seen quite a few teams of Kevin De Bruyne being the sole uh, City cover uh, in terms of the attack anyway. Um, and, you know, they start, start of West Ham. So the first two, I mean, you could, if you really wanted to, uh, try to get away with uh, not only one for those first two games and bringing one in for Bournemouth, but... I mean, it could be a fairly punishing since he starts so strong. And I think just having Kevin De Bruyne there, he's not a captaincy pick at the end of the day, whereas Raz or, uh, or Kunar, and, and that seems to be the, the way to do that. I, mean, I can see you know, De Bruyne being used as a complement to those players, but not instead of. I tried to do that last year with 
Silva and Mares, and, and that does, just doesn't work, especially when he gets game week three uh, for that Bournemouth game when people are going to be captioning Raz Sterling or, uh, or Conagrero. You're going to have to use one of your transfers then, and no one likes to book in transfers that early, do they? Um, moving down the price list a little bit, Son has gone up 1 million to 9.5, which is quite an interesting one. Uh, whereas so Ericsson's taken 0.5 drop, and Dele Alli's down to 8.5. Uh, Lucas Mora's 7.5 would be very interesting in the beginning. Um, but I think the most interesting one about uh, Spurs is Kane at 11 because like you mentioned a minute ago with Hazard gone the teams have converged a bit I think the 11 million price point for Kane is actually quite clever because it means that people look at can maybe draft him in get a tiny bit more value elsewhere and that could be a valid different formation set up uh, ahead of the new season because as I said you if you want to, you can gamble without Man City. Um, Kane, Aston Villa at the very, very beginning. I can imagine a lot of people are going to be snapped up by that and captain in game week one. I've seen quite a few drafts, actually, with Captain Kane in game week one against Villa. Yeah, I think definitely um, Harry Kane does add a, an extra dynamic and, yeah, you can save an extra million on owning Kane over Aguero this season. And I think that definitely adds a little bit of flexibility. In terms of Spurs, uh, Son's price increase um, has... It, it has uh, really sort of destroyed him a little bit in terms of an FPO asset from from the first and foremost view. I think he, he was a bit of a rotation risk anyway, um, you know, and I think uh, the one that actually I'm most interested in in terms of midfield is Lucas Moura, who actually seemed, you know, he, he's, he's not part, he doesn't seem to be part of Pock's um, starting 11, as we saw, he didn't play in the Champions League final, and maybe that's damaged um, his value a little bit in terms of those that priced him up. But I think, you know, after the hat trick against Ajax, the hat trick against Huddersfield in the closed season, he could he could really be one to watch. And with Son suspended for the first two games, that could be the more opportunity to really make that place in the team his potentially. And I think at seven point five million, he would be the the one that I would highlight as a, a really good pick in that team. Yeah, I mean, it's an interesting spot, isn't it, around kind of seven to eight million? Because a lot of the players who are going to be the fabric of our points scored throughout the season. Um, hovering around there, so you know you got more at seven point five. You guys got Martial and Fraser at seven point five as well. Ozil, my lord, what a tumble that is! Uh, Ozil, Richarlison, and Sigurdsson. I think are going to be quite an interesting one. They uh, Everton start the season pretty well, and they both surprised me given the eight point zero price tag. I thought that um, Sigurdsson would get a tiny bit higher priced because he's on penalties. But uh, the Everton start Crystal Palace, Watford, Aston Villa, Wolves and Bournemouth. And uh, I, I think one of them is definitely worth it. I, I've been pretty sold on Siggy for quite a while. He pretty much was one of the first names on the team sheet. I think I'm going to be keeping him and Luca Dean in uh, from, from the outset. Yeah, I mean, the, the Sanchez pricing actually really surprised me. That one... I, I was really shocked to see him fall all the way to seven million. I thought they'd be a bit more conservative in terms of their price fall, dropping him down to about nine or so or eight point five, making him you know a little bit interesting. But seven million, he actually like catches your eye a little bit, and you think, hold on a second, we're talking about the guy who scored two hundred and sixty-four points in only two thousand sixteen seventeen, where he got twenty-four goals and then assistant. He's actually only um, he's not that old. He's only thirty. Um, he's younger than the likes of Aguero and. Uh, and he's actually performing really well for Chile in the uh, Copa America. They're through to seven. He's just scored a penalty. And he's, he's um, yeah, he's actually um, getting a lot of plaudits. He could jump straight back into that Manchester United team with a good pre-season and uh, could really catch your eye potentially at seven million. Uh, but there's, you know, there's some other weird prices. I thought like, Antonio seemed like no business uh, being seven million still. But, you know, the likes of Zaha and Madison at seven mil, they're in my initial draft at the moment. And I... I can see both of those guys having really good seasons as well. 
Yeah, I think my prediction about there being a, a penalty premium doesn't really seem to have happened uh, with uh, Millie and Zaha, who uh, yeah, perhaps was uh, probably wrongly reclassified in the first place going back to a uh, midfielder. I'm surprised he didn't get a little bump, though, especially if he goes to Arsenal. That, that's pretty good. Uh, Brooks, 6.5, I was a little bit uh, disappointed by. I think a lot of us were hoping he'd be a cheeky 6.0 or 5.5, so they've definitely been quite savvy to that. Um, but no, I think the one thing I've noticed about the midfielders, Nick, is that below 6.0, it really does become a wasteland very, very quickly, doesn't it? Yeah, exactly. And that's the, that's, that was my concern as well. I was originally, when we were talking pre-season, we were talking a little bit about what players might be 5.5 million and who, who might catch your eye. And we mentioned the likes of Brooks. And I thought Brooks could be 5.5 million. Then we decided that maybe he'd be 6 million. But we were a bit shocked to see him get the actual 6.5. I mentioned McNeil as well. He hadn't done much last season. So he doesn't really deserve a 6 million price tag. But So I was expecting him to be 5.5. But nope, he's 6. And Harvey Barnes as well got 6 mil, even though he's only scored one goal in the Premier League in his career. So that was a bit of a surprise. And that's just... Uh, bit disappointing really uh, but in terms of the 5.5 millions I had a quick look to see if there's anyone that particularly caught my eye and I thought um, I was a bit surprised actually Demare Gray if uh, if Barnes got the 6 million Demare Gray who scored uh, double the amount of FPL points uh, is still 5.5 million I thought he could be one if you're going to pick someone in that category that uh, uh, could press on from what I saw of him actually in the under 21s tournament this summer he, he performed quite well and, and got a goal uh, but uh, yeah he's, he's one of the, the only value picks that seems to be out there but yeah it is it's a bit of a dead zone really isn't it once you go below sort of 6.5 million in terms of the midfielders so you're really having to sort of manage your uh, your costs and uh, otherwise you end up with the likes of McCarthy in your team don't you yeah I mean you're really looking for basically penalties at that point I mean you know, potentially there's a shout for the likes of Armstrong at yeah, Southampton but um Jorginho, if he's still at Chelsea, hasn't followed Sarri to uh, to Juventus, and Mark Noble at 5.0, I guess for taking penalties, are the ones to look at. And the 4.5 million midfielder I've got, and I think a lot of people do have, is Dion Donker. Uh, looked to have, uh, he had fairly decent, actually, attacking stats at the end of last season. Um, but, yeah, it's an absolute wasteland. Yeah, exactly. I think once you go down to 4.5, this is going to be a player that's going to be sitting on your bench. At the moment, I've got... Um... I've got, uh, what's his name? Hamza Trudri at the moment. <laughs> I don't know. Card. He, he, well, yeah, he, he got sent off once or twice. He's just going he's just to sit there for the moment until I find someone else. I've also got uh, Janssen in my team as well. Oh, my. Yeah. Five forwards. Yeah, him and uh, I mean, Gwen Doozy as well, Arsenal, fairly decent. I mean, yeah, uh, with the forwards as well, starting from the bottom upwards then. Yeah, 4.5 again is a bit of a wasteland. Uh, Connor Wickham, I quite fancy because uh, he's been injured for bloody ages, all the way down to 4.5. But uh, batch-wise, obviously left Bristol Palace and it's just Benteke, so maybe Wickham might get some game time. Uh, yeah, the likes of Greenwood, you'd be hoping that if, if Lukaku leaves there, then there's a choice of Sanchez or Rashford or uh, maybe Martial to go in number nine. Greenwood may get minutes. Mm. Uh, but yeah, it's not very good. Uh, your man, Isaac Success, they must have heard uh, the great success you had from last season, uh, Nick. I know, he's been a bump, hasn't he? Got a 0.5 price rise for some reason. Um, not really sure how they justified that, but, but okay. Um <laughs> 42 points, uh, yeah, that's that's worth the 0.5. And uh, Dom Solanke, uh, given a whole 1 million to 5.5, it's pretty ter- pretty terrible, isn't it? Until you get to the, the likes of Dominic Calvert-Lewin, Billy Sharp, uh, 6.0. 
Yeah, exactly. It's very slim pickings. Like I said, Janssen's in my team. I'm hoping that we actually loan him out to some, another Premier League club and he gets some starts or something. But yeah, probably not going to happen. Um, I mean, at the six million bracket, you've also got Glenn Murray, but I think he's virtually on his last legs in terms of playing football, isn't he? But who knows with him and uh, Dominic Calvert-Lewin as well. If he can, if he can hold down that uh, number nine slot in the Everton team, then he could be a really good, um, uh, you know, nicely priced asset in the forward line. But you know, going up a point five, we've got like sort of Diego Drotta from Wolves and uh, Deo Defeo, who have. Um, been reclassified as forwards this year, perhaps catch your eye. But the, the one I've actually got in my team at 6.5 is the Bournemouth player that managed to escape the price rises after, you know, their um, pretty decent season. And that's after scoring uh, 12 goals and three assists, which is pretty, pretty damn decent, isn't it? And uh, that's Josh King, um, of course. And um, he's the one I'm looking at. Uh, his teammate, his fellow forwards, fellow Englishman Callum Wilson, has been priced all the way up to 8 million, uh, having only scored 27 more points than Josh King. And with Josh King on penalties, he's the one that I'm, I'm considering for Bournemouth's uh, good start in terms of fixtures. Yeah, they play, they're the only team to, to play two newly promoted sides uh, in Sheffield United and Aston Villa in the first two. And at 6.5 million, yeah, Josh King was the, the most nailed man in my team. Um, at the very, very beginning, just because, like, as soon as I saw Wilson, 8 million, I was like, oh, well, you know, what are they going to do? Because Josh King's on penalties, uh, had a decent season at 142. And Howell was very, very happy about him at 141 points, sorry, as you mentioned. And Howell was actually very, very positive about him at the end of last year. He said that he's pivotal to how they play and, um, you know, will hopefully be trying to catch uh, Southgate's eye next year. But at 6.5, I'm, I'm pretty happy with that. And I think he's going to be in the vast majority of teams because, um, I don't really see why he is 1.5 million cheaper than Callum Wilson. Like, you know, I could accept you know, one half a million, maybe a million, but 1.5 seems a lot. Uh, Jotter as well, a, a decent uh, end of the season, a poor start, but a decent end, 6.5. Another good shout, although Wolves have a kind of a mixed bag of fixtures in the beginning. But if you have option A, uh, Jimenez and, uh, and Wilson, and option B being King and Jota, um, I just don't understand how option A is 2.5 million more expensive than option B. That seems absolutely mad. Um, I mean, Jimenez, uh, just, just to continue onwards, um, I was surprised to see that he was 0.5 million cheaper than Wilson. Like Wilson, he actually outscored Wilson only by 13 points. And Wilson was injured a fair bit. Um, but I was expecting uh, Jimenez to see a bit more of a rise um, than he actually did get. I was expecting him to be like 8.5 or so. Yeah, I thought Jimenez's price was actually quite nice at 7.5 million. He is in my draft at the moment. I think he's, he's really good value. I mean, he's the first uh, third highest scoring forwards in last season. And to be only priced at 7.5 million is, 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 is very kindly, to be honest, isn't it? But I'm not sure how long he'll stay in my draft just because Wolves fixtures aren't particularly good. They've got Leicester, United, Burnley, Everton and Chelsea in their first five. So sort of three out of five or maybe even four out of five sort of top eight sides. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's not great for them in terms of their start. But I think at 7.5 million, you, you strongly have to consider him. And if he has another good season, should be nailed on yet again, then uh, he looks like a really good uh, bargain FPL pick in that front line. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry, sorry, just before we go on upwards, um, I just wanted to just quickly mention uh, the 7.0s on Altovich, obviously, um, has it in him to be the talisman. Uh, but Giroud, 7.0, I'm, I'd be very surprised if they signed Higuain. And we've obviously got Batshuayi and uh, Tammy Abraham to come back. So I thought Tammy Abraham's going to stay and make a fist of it. Um, but Chelsea, as we mentioned, have got a very, very good 
opening of the season, effectively. Uh, between game weeks one and the 12, they uh, only played Liverpool with the top uh, four last year. They made nice on day one, of course. Uh, but if uh, you know, Tammy, Batshuayi and Giroud are all 7 million and one of them makes a very strong case to be the starting striker. Um, I'm, I'm strong. I've got Jota at the moment, but I think I'd be looking to buy that Chelsea player and just owning them for a while. Um, because I think that could be fantastic value at 7.0. Um, any other season, you, know, that you could be looking at a much higher price um, for Chelsea, who are a top three Premier League club. Um, obviously, without, without Hazard, we're going to see what happens there. But yeah, that's definitely food for thought, I think. Yeah, I think Chelsea, like Manchester United, um, and also Arsenal to a certain extent, looking throughout their teams, their team, their all their players are actually quite kindly priced. You, you don't really have any premium assets at any of those three clubs, apart from perhaps uh, Aubameyang at Arsenal. So uh, you know it does make an um, interesting reading thing. You can actually uh, fill your team very easily with sort of top six sides, um, a t- sort of starting eleven full of top six players, but. You know, um, the likes of Giroud, we don't really know if he's actually going to be the nailed-on striker. I think with Chelsea, they're, they're certainly a team that you'll see how they get on for the first couple of game weeks because you won't probably want to own one for Manchester United, nor Leicester. And then come game week three, as you said, the fixtures become really good for Chelsea, starting with Norwich and then Sheffield United in game week four. So I think by then, you know, looking at their players, if it's Pulisic, if it's Giroud, Batshuayi or um, Tammy Abraham, even that's leading the line, that there'll certainly be a bargain there. Yeah, definitely. I mean, um, moving onwards then to the 8.5, it's both Man United players. Um, we're expecting Lukaku to maybe get a bus out of town and they're hoping that Rashford will stick around. Um, but 8.5, yeah, probably not one for the start of the season, but, you know, for example, between game weeks 10 and uh, 15, where they Norwich, Bournemouth, Brighton, Sheffield United and Aston Villa across a five-game uh, five stretch, uh, you'd be looking at one of them. Uh, Jamie Vardy at nine was as we expected, I think, to some extent. And Lacazette at 9.5. Um, quite a lot of uh, the premium end, Nick, uh, interest in probably just the man on top who is Kun Aguero. But as mentioned, I think Kane and Aubameyang at 11 could force their way into the reckoning uh, after a little while. Yeah, definitely. There's going to be a stage where you're looking at the likes of Kane or Aubameyang. If they hit a run or a purple patch, you're going to be looking at ways to fit them in your team. I think in terms of my personal team for game week one, I won't be looking at those guys. I'm going to be focused on uh, filling my team up with Liverpool and Manchester City um, players who um, who are likely to be just as strong as they were last year. I think those two are sort of, sort of leaving the other teams in the top six behind, aren't they? And I think uh, you can see plenty of goals from the Liverpool and um, City players, plenty of clean sheets, but not so much from the, the likes of Spurs and Arsenal, unfortunately. I think that a lot of us are looking at Jota and uh, King or uh, you know, Chelsea player, for me personally, mm. and King as being the starting du- duo. But you know, we found in the talisman data, which we're going to, the talisman theory we're going to publish next week, um, that the forwards were coming back in terms of their uh, importance to especially smaller teams. So do you think it's still, are you still on the two, the two forwards or is it 4-3-3 three, three or something like that? Um, let's catch yeah. So it is going to be two forwards, but it's likely to be two forwards that are cheaper, you know, more more talismanic figures at their clubs, you know, likes of Jimenez, he was the talisman at Wolves, he's probably going to be in my team, and then you, you look at other teams and stuff, but, you know, you, you mentioned that sort of a lot of the smaller teams, um, their talisman were forwards, likes of Murray, for instance, at Brighton. Or um, who was it? Watford. Well, it's uh, David. But you know, um, 
I think uh, problem problem with some of these players is that these these teams still don't score particularly well or get a lot of goals. So even if they were the talisman, you know they're not going to be scoring week in week out. Whilst um, you, you can rely on certain other players, you know the the defenders, for instance, keep lots of clean sheets if they're playing for Liverpool or Manchester City and get lots of points and assists as well. Yeah, certainly. So, okay, uh, interesting price to send. We've gone through it kind of relatively quickly, but hopefully you get an impression of our overall view. Uh, convergence is the message, and there's lots of interesting decisions to make. Uh, we'll see how it develops, and uh, I think we'll be back with the A to L as soon as we possibly can, probably next week. Uh, we're hoping that some of the Chelsea assets like Pulisic and uh, Abrahams and Batshuayi added then, so we've got a more rounded view there. Um, um, should we quickly just go for our drafts then? Yeah, sure. Do you want to start? Yeah, sure. Um, I don't actually know what yours is, actually, come to think of it. I've got, um, I've got Pope in goal. I've got Lard at back, uh, Laporte, Alexander-Arnold, Robertson, Dean, Brooks, Sterling, Salah and Siggy in midfield and Jota and King up front. And I've got a rubbish bench consisting of uh, a 4.0 trash keeper, Donker, Gibson, because I think, um, not because he's going to play for Burnley, um, as Orsamo said, but a lot of the newly interest, a lot of the new promoted clubs are interested in him, and he's got some some form for being decent in the Premier League. I remember you captained him actually one time when he was at Middlesbrough. But 121 points back in 2016-17 uh, could be decent enough, really, for 4.0 fodder. I've got Conan Wickham as well as a 4.5 striker, uh, who I think is going to be the new Saul off, but who knows? Uh, what do you think, mate? What have you got? So um, yeah, I've got the Prince of Parties Edison in goal. Um, so I've gone premium for the first time ever really in goal for a um, goalkeeper in defence. It's likely to change, but I've got Luke, Luca Dean, Robertson, Trent Alexander-Arnold, and Mr Matt Ritchie, who's probably going to go for someone cheaper. Maybe I have to look around for that. Um, in midfield, I've got Salah, um, KDB, though that's probably going to become Sterling as part of a little bit of a price switch because I've actually got um, I've got 1.5 million sitting in the bank right now, right now. I just need to fund the extra million somehow. I've got Zaha and Madison in my team as well. And then up front, I've got Jimenez and King. And then just on the bench, I've got Button, just as a sort of four million goalkeeper that might play at some point. Um, Gibson, who you mentioned already, you've got Tudory and uh, Vincent Jensen. Oh, fair enough. Very cheap on the bench. Yeah, yeah. I remember we were all saying this at the end of last season, we're going to make sure we've got at least two men on the bench and come on, do a job for us. And it's all about the squad. As soon as we get to game, we won there. Screw the bench, we don't care anymore. Um, but yeah, no, that's it. Um, it's, yeah, it's an interesting kind of time. Remember, a first draft is not a contract, even though it may be very nice. And we uh, are doubtless going to change this millions and millions of times. But maybe for you, actually, Nick, uh, going without Jimenez and putting Jota in, or maybe, you know, whatever, Giroud uh, slash, uh, uh, slash Batshuayi slash uh, Abraham slash I saw Morata, they want money now for him. Mm-hmm. Um, it comes in, it might be worth, that might be where you get 0.5. I'm guessing these, these discussions are run and run. Um, anyway, um, over the course of next week, we're going to be releasing a few uh, a few decent articles. So uh, Talisman, um, I've written the first iteration of that. That's going to come out um, fairly soon. Also got a uh, few prospects and prospects on uh, on Max Ahrens. So I'll definitely have to release that just in case he ends up going to Palace. And then um, some psychology corner, I think, will return uh, next week. And uh, also the Zombie League has also reopened. Uh, and Nick will give the uh, the league co- the league coat for that later on. But that's our no chips, no transfers, no changes, no caps and changes league. Um, anyone who is uh, anyone who does uh, 
break the rules, all be caught and uh, banned from the league forever. Um, but yeah, that's that. Uh, that is, you can find the link on our Twitter and Nick will read it out in a little bit. Also, the over 30s team uh, this year will be replacing the All England's team and we'll start to build that um, in due course. Uh, I think we'll also do a value piece, haven't we, Nick, too? Yeah, there'll be a few more uh, bits of content that comes out over the course of the pre-season. We've got a few weeks to go, but yeah, we're going to be very busy uh, releasing plenty of content on the site. So I hope you guys enjoy it. And plus, we've got the extra podcast, as Tom mentioned. Uh, well, yeah, some market forces will also return. And yeah, the over 30s, that's going to be fun. We're going to have the likes of Vardy or Bamiyang and Aguero perhaps leading the line or Pedro supporting midfield. Siggy joining the team in September. Uh, someone like Foster or Heaton in goal, Vatonian and or Toby in defence. Yeah, I think it actually end up being quite a strong team for the sort of the aging rock stars of the Premier League. Maybe we can throw the old Warhorse Glenn Murray in at some point as well. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, but we'll see. We'll see. Uh, it sounds like it's going to be big up top. That's for sure. Cool. All right. Um, well, that's it for this pod. Um, just to say who we are, I'll do it. I'll do it this time. So just to say, Nick, uh, we are Who Got Resist. You can find us online at whogotresist.com. Uh, keep checking it because we'll put out loads of content if you're not on Twitter. If you are on Twitter, you can find us uh, at WGTA underscore FPL. If you want to speak to Nick directly, you can speak to him at WGTA underscore Nick. Um, and you uh, will be back uh, yeah, next week. Yeah, and uh, if you want to join the leagues, the league code for the main league, it's all changed um, this season. It's EIKX03 for the main league, or for the zombies, uh, which will be for your sort of second team, your significant other's team, your, your dad's team. That'll be EJOS45. And yeah, look forward to speaking to you guys soon, and we hope this assists you. Oh, yeah, speak to you soon. Bye. Bye. It's a goal. Who got the assist? Who got the assist? Sports Social Podcast Network.